Hi, and thank you for joining me today for the Marketing for Startups podcast. Today, I'm talking to Christine Seibold, who's a virtual freedom strategist here in Miami and the owner of Freelance and Freedom. She started her entrepreneurial journey as a virtual assistant, but then translated into life and business coaching and teaches others how to leave their nine to five to start their own virtual businesses through her eight-week program. She also launched Femprenadoras, which is a women's entrepreneurial community in Sevilla, Spain, that runs workshops and supports women entrepreneurs to learn, grow, and support each other. It's really interesting, the work she's done there. As a certified life coach and community leader, Christine's main goal is to help women follow their passion and lead them through the process of how to start their own business so that they can have ultimate vacation travel the world, have a flexible schedule, spend more time with family, and live the freedom lifestyle that they dream of. She published her first book this past week, Blondie Without Borders, in which she talks all about how she learned to set boundaries in life, business, and relationships. I hope you enjoy our conversation and appreciate the vulnerability that Christine brings to this discussion. I'm so grateful for her candidness as we talk about the lessons she learned in the past few years. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for joining us on the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm so excited to chat and dig into all this exciting stuff going on in your world. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So before getting started, I think it would be really cool to just share a little bit about your background and then connect that with like how you've gotten to this point where you're launching your first book, Blondie Without Borders, that's launching this week or... On Wednesday, it launched on Wednesday, so two oh, days ago. <laughs> I'd love to learn a little bit, like you know, the background, your background story, but how it connects to like writing this book and getting in, this out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Boston. Uh, I moved to Miami three, just three years ago. So the book was actually in celebration of my three-year business anniversary. Um, So I was a project manager at Harvard University for five years, got my master's there in international relations. So I've always been like a big international girl. Um, And, but I always just felt like I was meant to do more. It was a great job, you know, and the benefits and everything, but I, it just wasn't my passion. And so, um, I decided a year out that I was going to quit, uh, quit my job there and move across the country either to a warmer climate or kind of travel the world. So I chose Miami and I had started part-time before I quit. And I started as a virtual assistant. So I got part-time clients off of Upworks while I was still working at Harvard to make sure it was something that I enjoyed. But I really was looking for that life of freedom um, and the flexibility of schedule and not just sitting at my desk in a, at a nine-to-five all day. Yeah. So I moved in September of 2018 to Miami and never looked back since. Oh my gosh. And so was this like, what was the promise or the the dream was sort of like you were sitting at the desk and saying like, there's gotta be a better way. And you sort of found up work and and thought like this could be sustainable. And cause I mean, talk a little bit about how much you've traveled because when we met now, like maybe two years ago, like you were just always going, you had like your next three trips lined up and (laughs) wow, this is so such a, like a cool lifestyle. So Share a little bit about your experience. Like once you you moved to Miami, but you didn't stay here in Miami. True. Yes. So I've always been a traveler since college. I lived in Spain 
um, for a year in college and then two years later being an English teacher. And so that kind of got the travel bug going. And once I quit my job, my main goal was to just travel as much as possible. So in 2019, before COVID, I went to a new place or a new country every month for the whole year, <laughs> which how I think is when we met. Like how much ground? Did you know like how many places you went to or? So right now I've traveled to 60 countries total. Um, yeah. But in 2019, I did 12. I did, I did a new country every month, basically. So before that, I had, you know, traveled to about 48 places. So, wow. So then, so like, so their journey is sort of like, you started doing this Upwork thing, you realize that there's like something to it and you were able to liberate yourself to have this like ultimate flexibility. And then you started yes. teaching others to do that because that's sort of the, the career, like the, uh, like as if you weren't busy enough traveling and, and actually <laughs> executing for clients and you started building out like pathways to help other people do the same. Right. Yeah. So quickly after I moved to Miami, I thought in the beginning that the freedom was the most important thing to me, which it, which it is like the freedom to travel, but I wasn't enjoying my clients and the work I was doing. Mm. And I, again, I still had that feeling inside that I was meant to do more. And so that's when I got certified as a life business coach and um, just started to help other women get that freedom and do and open their own businesses and do what I do. So I transitioned from being a VA to being a business coach. Um, and that really is what is meaningful to me and helping other women have their aha moments and see them grow. So it wasn't really very fun to be like in the streets of Panama and texting and doing yeah. emails, you know, like it was, yeah. I kind of had like a little schedule down, which I think is important, but yeah. it just wasn't fulfilling. So yeah, I and I think that part there's grow. a difference there because I know from like my own personal experience, like working remote, there's a difference between like working remotely, like working nine to five, you could be wherever you are, but you're still like in that grind versus like setting up something that you have uh, perhaps more control over something that like fills your cup up, something you get excited about rather than just, um, just like being in the ground in a different location. Right. There's like a difference. Exactly. Exactly. A big yeah. difference. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about Sevilla and the community that you built there, because that's such an interesting like pair, like thing that I guess like did it happen in parallel? Because you just you just recently sold it. So tell us a little bit about building that community, the process of selling something that you created, which is really exciting. I think you know, <laughs> like not that yeah. you're doing it and it dies, but like it go it lives on, right? So Sevilla has always been my favorite place in the world. That's where I lived in Spain. Um, when I moved to Miami, I found the importance of community and entrepreneurship because it gets to be very lonely at times, mm -hmm. especially if you're constantly sitting at a desk and working. And so I joined some communities here, which then sparked the idea that um, at the time in 2019, there weren't many communities in Spain, like women's mm -hmm. entrepreneur communities. I think in Sevilla, there was one. So I, I always wanted to get back to Spain or back to Europe. And I thought that building a community there would be a good step to, to get the process going. Yeah. So I launched Femprendedoras in January of 2020. 
and at first was traveling back and forth between Miami and Sevilla every month, which was a bit crazy and getting to be oh expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved it. And I just, it grew super quick. I think we had like almost 40 women by March and it was just really quickly growing. And so then I came home March 3rd and March 10th, they went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just remember sitting on the beach here and like crying and thinking my whole dream that that I had worked and spent so much money on and worked so hard for was gone. But um, like everyone pivoted online and it really became um, such a great connection source and support during COVID. And especially over there, they were on mega lockdown for months, as you know. So it was really a way that a lot of women came together and started to support each other. Yeah. and they don't have, they're a bit different than I, fa- I found than entrepreneurs here in that they're a bit more competitive. There's not the idea so much that like together we're better and um, there's enough for everyone. It's a bit more competitive and jealousy. And yeah. so I really try to make those values um, clear to them that together we are better. That was one of the phrases of the group and, um, you know, we're here to support each other and collaborate as opposed to compete. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think it's such an important message and and one that like, I think I not like struggled with personally, but something that's definitely like an instinct, I think inside that I've had to sort of put at bay. And I think from my like experience dealing with entrepreneurs in Europe, like it's about like creating seed at the table. Right. And I think, I think that we are, you know, we struggle with that so much here in the U S and I can, I can feel that in other countries, it's like equal or even worse. Right. I think we, we've seen such a great rise of like women in community here in the U S in the past, like maybe 10 years, like all these online communities, I feel like there's so much support, so many wonderful groups doing awesome work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that in other markets and other countries and other languages, like there's still so much room and it's almost like there's never too much of that. Right. Because we all need to be reminded of, of that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just so much to dig in there. So talk to me a little bit about, so you, you were building this though, like with the idea of going to live back in Sevilla, no? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Um, so a few things happen. So in the spring, I mean, we were planning a whole mentorship program that we were going to sell. It was, it was rocking. Um, yeah. But again, I got that feeling um, that it wasn't my purpose anymore. Yeah. And a couple situations happened within the community that really got me down for a while and yeah. made me question myself if that was where I was meant to be. And just the, the living, the visa thing is so difficult in Spain. Yeah. And I was going to have to go back and teach English in order to live there. My husband wasn't going to be able to work. And, um, and then they placed me in Algeciras to teach English, which was, which is three hours South of yeah. Sevilla has lots of negative connotations yeah. there. Yeah. And it just was all happening at the same time. And it just wasn't, um, it just wasn't aligning. And I was like, I, I, I'm not one to force something that isn't meant to be. And so I had to make the decision to let it go. And, um, 
I found a woman. She had just quit her job. She was in the community already. She owns a space for events. She was already helping me run events once they could go back in person, but I couldn't travel there yet because that yeah. was a balance too. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a perfect timing. And so I asked her if she wanted to buy the community and she said, yes. So yeah. that is so I went over. Yeah. I, I was, it was a relief, um, but it was a really hard decision too, because it was like my baby and it was only like a year and a half old. Like it wasn't very old. Um, but I just wanted the community to flourish and be the best that it can be. And I think someone needs to be there full time in the city yeah. now that everything isn't online anymore. And, yeah. um, I just don't see us going to Spain, um, right now. So yeah. I have to let it go. And wow. Yeah, a lot of I mean, I think that there's moments of transition that are really difficult, right? Because you yes, there's that like, feeling like, did you have? How did you know the difference between like, holding on for something because of like, just how much time you put in or like the traction or whatever versus like, being able to be at peace with letting it go, like, not focusing on the negative things? Like, how did you work through that? So there was a time that there was a situation that happened in March, March-ish. Yeah. That I, and I, it made me question everything, but I talked to my right hand of the community and she was like, no, 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 no. Like this happens, like, just keep going. It's going to get better. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, yes, I'm committed to this. I'm going to keep going. But then I just still, it was that resistance inside of me that was just like, this isn't right. This isn't right. It was the gut feeling. Yeah. And so I knew that that was, that was it, that I had to let it go. So it was, you know, I tried again, even though I felt that way and it was just still there. Yeah. And so that was really it. So I was able to go there finally in July, they opened up their, their borders in June. I was able to go in July and train the woman and meet everyone, make the announcement in person, which I was grateful for Yeah. and run a few events while I was there. Um, and, and then like, let it go. And it was really hard. How have you reimagined? Cause I think like, I know you love Sevilla. That's like one of the first mm-hmm. things you connected on. Um, but like, it sounds like you've really reimagined like what the future of your business and like your family like looks like. Right. I mean, I think, you know, what, what sort of conclusions or revelations have you come through maybe in this past year and then writing this book on like, what's the, what's next for you. Right. And then how did you like, did writing this book, like help you uncover some of that? A little bit, although the book has been done for, for about a year now. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote it, it was about half done like September, 2019. And then I wrote, finished the rest during COVID, but then getting it edited and published and everything has been its own beast for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and so the book is about setting boundaries in life and business and it tells story. The book actually takes place in Sevilla uh-huh. and it's me walking through the streets with my husband and I run into people or things that cause a memory. And then I tell a story and the story is my struggle of uh, boundaries with relationships, with alcohol, with food, all different kinds of things. COVID's in there, you know? Um, And so again, it was like setting that boundary and letting go of what doesn't serve me and having Mm -hmm. the the strength and like the courage to be okay with that. Um, So definitely I was, I'm a big person about living what I preach. So 
I was like, that was part of it too. Is like, I am helping and telling other people that they need to let go of things that don't serve them. And this truly doesn't serve me anymore. So Europe may still serve us. We're looking into other options, but um, other countries have other visas that's, that Spain doesn't. And so we're looking at other avenues. Um, we also do really love Miami, which I think was something that I didn't expect. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so we'll see where we end up. But um, so yes, writing the book did help me a bit reveal that I need to live what I preach. And um, also to be an example to, to women to let them know that it's okay to say no and let go and put up limits for themselves. So I know that the book's like very personal, like you go through some really, really deep stories on like, you know, history of relationships and battles with like alcoholism. No. Yes. This is like, I can imagine incredibly scary to, to be public about. Right. So (laughs) talk to me about when, like, when, what was the time that you were writing this? Was it like during the transition away from your work at Harvard or was it after that was done and you were building, um, building the business? Like what was the stage and sort of what were like, were they coinciding? Like, was this strictly like a, a personal kind of piece or did you find that growing as an entrepreneur, which oftentimes is very like much connected to self growth. Like, did you find that there, that, that, played together? Um, A little bit. It was all written after I became an entrepreneur. So it wasn't any time that I was in Boston or anything. Um, So I was, it was all in Miami. Um, But, but yes, it did coincide with growth. And I actually went from being an entrepreneur in Miami and having someone else uh, who I, I actually give credit to in the book Um, helping me believe that my story is worth telling Mm. because I was full of shame and embarrassment for things I've done for relationships and for being married three times and just, you know, but then I tried to, I I mean, I didn't try, I turned it into a positive and just said at the end of every chapter, there's lessons learned. And so like, what can I learn from each situation? And there's a business, a couple of business stories in there as well. And even boundaries with travel. So it really touches on a lot of different Mm. areas. Um, But yes, when I started to make the content, I was like, okay, I need to start promoting this and let people know, like the book is finally finished. I've been talking about this for two years now. Um, And I'm like, oh, I remember sitting there trying to write my first email to send out. And I'm like, I am, I cannot write this email. I am so scared. Everyone is going to know I've been married three times. Everyone's going to know that I'm an alcoholic, (laughs) like obviously in recovery, but like, it's like, oh, this is real. Like, this is scary. It's not just, you know, me writing stories on my laptop. This is real. So it was, it was really hard to like share on Instagram, you know, and it's like, okay, not even that many people see it, but like, just to put it out there, it's scary. (laughs) And I mean, kudos to you because that is so, so brave. Like, I think it just reminds me of something that I've been struggling with a lot, which is like, speaking your mind, putting things out for the public to see, and then the second guessing or the shame or the embarrassment or the questioning. I think, I think a lot of women, especially kind of go through that like self filter where there's just like a lot of, um, you're afraid of judgment and all those things. So now that you've done it and you've released it, like, can you share this? Like, has it been 
kind of the night, like the nightmare coming to fruition? Or have you seen like people kind of responding positively to you sharing yourself so vulnerably? No, it has all been positive. Um, Some people were surprised. They're like, wow, I didn't know that you did that or you went through that or whatever. Um, My sister was actually the first one to read it. She got it first, even before me in the mail. And um, she read it in all in one night and said, you know, so there obviously are some stories in my life that I didn't share in the book that really, you know, not everything is meant for telling. And I was able to share the lessons I wanted and get them across without telling everything. Um, but you know, people want to be able to relate to you as a business owner or, you know, and so it's really marketing yourself and like letting other people know it's okay. Other people have gone through these difficult situations and you'll find a community and an audience that way by being real and vulnerable and authentic, which is one of my business values, like big time. I I have to be authentic. So So yeah, it's been great. That's amazing. I mean, it's like such a accomplishment. And I think like from like a marketing perspective, right? I think that we want to see, like, I think we want to see businesses or entrepreneurs or people that we could support in our community as us. Like we want to see ourselves. And I think a lot of brands try to take the, the position as the ultimate authority. Um, I, I've been... I've myself fallen victim to this because you think that that's what people want. They just want you to tell them, you know, how you did the thing and what the success was. Right. But I feel like what, what I've seen time and time again is that people just, they want to see the struggles. They want to know the lessons. Right. But they want that, that, that kind of even ground a little bit to say like, no, you're just like me and you've like worked through these things because in the end of the day, like we all have those places of shame within ourselves and, and Mm -hmm. feelings of doubt or not enough and all of that stuff. And I think, Mm -hmm. especially with female entrepreneurship, it is just such a hurdle to get through. Like just if it's imposter syndrome or if it's burnout or whatever it is, it's about, I think this topic of boundaries is so interesting. So talk a little bit about why focus on boundaries. Um, well, just because, well, you know, my, I've always lived like a crazy life, you know, as you'll see in the story. Um, and my cousin was always like, oh, you should write a book on your, you should write a book someday. Um, and it wasn't until I became a business owner that I, no, I'm sorry. It was after my second husband who I had to leave was an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and had to leave him while he was out of the country. Um, that was really when I became aware of boundaries, like using that word and to describe my life that I had none, like no boundaries with so many, so many issues. Um, And even when I was getting sober, it never really came up. They didn't talk about it in AA. So it was with, when I left him, I had to set boundaries with him because he was like trying to call me and Mm -hmm. get back with me and all of that, you know? So that was really the first time. And then when I became an entrepreneur and I was working, I thought I had to work 24 seven to have my business be successful. And so I'm sitting there emailing clients at 11 o'clock at night and realizing why am I doing this? And why are they contacting me at 11 PM? And it's, Oh, because you're responding. Like yeah. you need some boundaries. Yeah. And there's one story in there that with this woman that I had moved to Miami to, with a job to be a project manager for her, it turned out to be a crazy mess. And I had to set the boundaries and I left her because yeah. she was, so many things. And so, um, boundaries have been a constant theme 
especially as a business owner, you know, you make your set schedule and then stick to it. Like you don't need to work until 10 o'clock at night or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And then again, with relationships and putting myself first and my relationship with myself. um, And once I started to put boundaries in place, I realized I am enough and I am worth loving Mm -hmm. and I'm worth like all of the success that I want. Yes. And you mentioned not being enough. Um, I dedicate the book to all the women who ever thought they weren't enough. I say you were, you are, and you always will be mm-hmm. because that is where I think. Yeah. <laughs> what? I got that gave me chills because it's, oh. so true, you know, it's- we all come from that, you know, for some reason or, or another. So, um, you know, and, and it's okay to feel like we're enough. It's almost like sometimes we need permission to feel that way, but mm-hmm. No, I think, I mean, I think that for me, I even to today, like struggle with the boundaries of, and it's part of the not being enough, right? Because it's sort of like, if I am replying at this time, then so-and-so is going to think that I'm like on top of my game or Mm -hmm. it's almost like a proof thing, right? Or how fast Mm -hmm. you go back or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's not like what is most important, right? So I think like, it is. And it is like, if you give, especially if you're working with clients, it's like, you have to be just strict or else there's no separation like at all. And it becomes like, yeah. a very, you become so susceptible to burnout. So absolutely. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, okay. So talk to us now about like all of this evolution, right? Where, where are you in your business now? So this, this book's coming out. I'm so excited to read it. It comes out next week. Right. Okay. Or on Wednesday it came out. It came out. It's out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, how are you, I mean, obviously writing a book is like an amazing catalyst, right? It's like this enormous piece of content. I know there's a lot of people probably that have thought about writing books and there's, there's no way that you can have done this massive amount of production and not like leverage it and use it to sort of move forward. So talk to me a little bit about how, you see being able to sort of like, like how you see the trajectory of your, of your business now, right? Like, and where you Mm -hmm. see it going and, and how you're serving women now, um, still coaching and life coaching and business coaching, but talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. So, so I'm still in the women's community in Spain and, um, And so still participating and such, and we're actually going to Portugal tomorrow and um, I'm going to speak at one of the events there. So so yeah, yeah, we're going to check Portugal out. We'll see. So so I'm still supporting the women in the community and tomorrow I'm going to give a speech next week or, you know, at the presentation. Um, so I love speaking and sharing the story. And I think I've gone through enough therapy where I can share it and not cry now, <laughs> whereas before I couldn't. Yeah. Um, so I've talked about it enough to be there. So I love sharing my experience and hope to get more speaking opportunities going forward about boundaries and about my story. Um, and then I'm coaching women. I have the eight week program on how to start your own virtual business. And I also am a coach in another woman's um, coaching program to teach uh, mostly women how to start their own healthcare staffing firm. So I'm one of the accountability coaches in the program. 
and I have my own accountability coaching clients. And I was just telling my good friend that, um, yeah, I need to sit down and kind of not redefine my purpose because that is clear, but redefine what direction I want to go in with my business because my focus for the last year and a half has been this book and just getting it done. And I've had editors quit and make mistakes and lots of stuff. And so now that it's finally out, um, yeah, I got to sit down and take a breath. And <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. beautiful process of like having all of this going on and all of this push and push and having that moment of focus energy on like, where can I, like, where do I want to put the majority of the efforts? What's going to give me the most return? Like not just obviously not economically only, but more like spiritually as well. So absolutely. Awesome. And so beautiful. And I think like the perfect place to stop because I want everyone to understand like where they can find you, where they can follow you. Um, and we'll put out all of this in the show notes as well. Tell about, talk about where you hang out on social. Um, okay. People can check out your programs and all of that stuff. Great. So um, my business and website is freelanceandfreedom.com. So the N. letter N, yes, yeah. in the middle. Um, I'm freelance and freedom on Instagram. The book is called Blondie Without Borders. And um, that's also on Instagram. And um, the uh, yeah, the book is on Amazon if people want to purchase it. And the link is in my bio. So uh, that is so cool. Yeah, I'm I'm just... all that. yeah, up in the show. <laughs> so I think like, I would love to have you back on for another conversation. After you know, it, I think it's so important conversation and community, especially mm -hmm. for women, right? And I think so many, like myself included, can relate to this idea of just doing so much, having so much, your hands in a lot of things. It's almost like that, that book, The Year of Yes, right? There's a point where we're saying yes to a lot of things and we're sort of opening our hearts. But in order to really get to the next level, it's that process of narrowing in. So mm -hmm. hopefully next time when we speak, you can talk to us about your experience on narrowing in following your intuition and your gut because sure. you know that there's so many of us myself included that struggle with that so I think we can continue the conversation on that um next time so yeah I would love to <laughs> thank you <laughs> um okay well thank you so much and um yeah we'll be in touch and hopefully talk to you soon yes thank you for the opportunity thanks okay bye bye that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hajar or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.